You're listening to an Aaron Books podcast. Welcome to Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books. Each Tuesday in our Facebook community, we go live to chat with the children's book author about the magic of books. Each book and author was chosen with you and your children in mind. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Author Spotlight. Okay, we are live. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Parenting and Bonding Through Children's Books podcast. Um, This is the fourth episode of our live video podcast, and I'm so excited. Um, Those of you in our group, you watch it live, and then we send it out to YouTube and your favorite place to podcast to try to reach as many parents as possible. We're live, so we can take question and answer at the end for our very special group members. So our message is simple. Books are magical. They transform homes and they can help strengthen the bonds with our kiddos. Here on this podcast, we're joined by the authors that make the magic happen to find out the true intention behind the books. We want to leave you all empowered to up your game with story time. Today, we are joined by the author behind the book, The Power in Words, Megan Axel. Welcome. Thank you so much, Quinn. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here tonight. I'm so happy to have you here, Megan, to speak about your book, The Power in Words. Uh, Let me tell you guys just a little bit about Megan, and then we'll get right into the book. So Megan's an elementary school librarian, and that excites me because she has like my dream job. I (laughs) I was telling her she lives on the eastern shore of Maryland with her husband and daughter. She loves sharing her love for yoga, meditation, and reading with others. Her debut title, The Power in Me, encourages readers to use the power of their breath to diminish their fears and anxieties, and she hopes her words will help to empower children. On this episode, we're here to talk about her next book, The Power in Words, which is out now and that I love so much, and I'm so excited you're here, Megan. Thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. fond of it, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So reading your books and learning about you, like through your blog and other interviews that you did, it like your background just puts me at ease. You're a librarian, you're a yogi, you love nature and meditation. It's just so peaceful. Can you tell um, are the people watching who haven't read as much about you as I have a little bit about yourself? Well, I wasn't always a calm person. So that's why I try to surround myself with things that help me feel calm. I was a really nervous kid and it usually came out in, in stomach aches. And my mom was like, Oh, it must be something you ate. Like we never, we never made the connection because when you're a kid, you don't have that language to say, no, I'm like afraid of everything. Like everything makes me feel nervous. So as I got older, I just I got really into learning more about how to be mindful, how to be present. I feel like I like yoga gave you that, gives me that, um, confidence like body confidence like oh look at what I can do and it helps you relax as well it's not it's not always just about sitting and meditating though but I like the power aspects of it as well that make you feel strong so I think a lot of what you've learned about me is really self-care and I want to share that message with others so 
That's true. Thank you for that. So you, you know, meditation, your first book, The Power in Me, um, was really based around meditation and, and mindfulness and finding that power inside yourself. What made you write a book, The Power of Words? What was the intention behind moving on to, to that title? I don't want my daughter or other children to grow up thinking that they can speak unkindly about themselves. So yeah. The Power in Words does talk about being kind to others. And it starts with that message, but it ends with reminding everyone. And I say everyone because adults are reading these books with children. So the message is for them as well, that you should never speak about yourself in an unkind way. Um, You're really doing a lot of self-harm. And when you do that, you're allowing other people to do it. So I, I just feel so strongly that it's not something that's okay. And you see it a lot in your friends, your family, and, um, in the media, you know, people yeah. say, oh, oh, I'm so stupid and make and a lot of self-deprecation, but mm-hmm. it's not okay to me. I think it's a little harmful or a it lot is. harmful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's so good because the, the better you speak about yourself, the more you look for in other people to speak kindness into you as well. And so if, you know, if you're speaking negatively about yourself, you allow more that's not healthy for you from other people. Yes, I think you're setting the standard when mm-hmm. you speak, speak highly of yourself and you and you show um, positive self-talk and you don't allow others to ever put you down. So I think yeah. young people need to know this for sure. Um, sometimes younger people are afraid to speak up when adults say something that could be wrong. So I want to yeah. let them know, like, no, it's, you deserve to be treated with kindness and you can stand up for yourself. Yes. That's, that's excellent. That's one of the things I talked to my son about, Aiden. And it's interesting that you said this book is for adults and children, because it so is, as I was reading it, there were a few pages that we'll talk about later that really spoke out to me. But I talked to him about, you know, making sure he lets everybody knows how he feels. And if an adult says something to you that's unkind, you can speak on that, you know, in a respectful way. So I think, you know, that's, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> So about your book, there are so many different scenarios in the book. Um, For those who haven't seen it, who haven't seen Megan's book yet, the book is set up to model different scenarios that act as like great mirrors and windows for children to learn from. And I thought that like from the first page, the story that you had about It wasn't breaking promises. It was a story, I'm sorry, that you had about, oh, when your friend tells you a secret, don't go blabbing it to others. And seeing them like on the soccer field and you could see the look look on the face of the boy who uh, told his friend a secret and then he went and blabbed it. And I just loved how it showed how the words or his friend that was telling his secret the illustration just showed like how you would feel in a situation like that. And <laughs> it just brought it to life for me. That was so good. I think um, Michelle Simpson did a really great job there. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the throat eyebrows, the, just he looks hurt. And what I like yeah. about that is even if the language and the, the, the story itself is difficult for younger readers, mm-hmm. you can bond by talking about, well, how does that, how is that boy feeling right now? What do you think is, happening and you can look at the other characters and you can have conversations and bond through mm-hmm. reading through reading the pictures together. Yeah. So I like how the illustrations support 
the word. And that's what they're supposed to do. And your book was so powerful in doing that. And I think that that scene was so good to me because it really spoke integrity, right? Because when you are a a child or an adult and you take somebody's information and you share it, you don't see the immediate effects of how that hurts the other person. But Mm -hmm. when you're a child and you're reading a book and you're looking at the illustration and you're looking at his face, it it like my heart sank when I saw this boy, you know, feel the effects of his friend sharing his information. I think that would be, it's just so powerful for our children to see that. And it happens all the time in elementary school. You know, it could be a small secret, something that mm-hmm. seems like, oh, they won't mind if I tell other people, but oh boy, it really does hurt them when they come, they come crying, Mrs. Axel, guess what happened? You know, and you just see their little broken hearts. So. Yeah, that would be a good reminder that when you make a promise, you need to keep it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love the examples that you use. So you spoke about in school people calling you Mrs. Axel <laughs> to tell you about what's going on with them. Are the scenarios that you chose, are they drawn from the school that you are a librarian at or? Not just where I work now, just um in general. And a lot of it is most of my career was in, in secondary education. Okay. So a lot of the scenarios are things that I've I've seen in different levels. So um, the same things happen over and over again, but you know, different. Um, I'm trying, you know, different um, ages yeah. and stages of life. So some of the things that I knew caused a lot of issues in high school. I was like, well, let's talk about the elementary students, so that they yeah. don't end up making the same mistakes, so that they they learn a little bit more before they get to that age. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's good. Because like I said before, I think that this book is great for adults as well. There were things, you know, that that not that I learned, but we just need good reminders of. And that's why we talk about so much on the podcast is using books as tools and um, having books that you can go back to as reminders. And I love that, you know, this is the book is truly a resource for um, parents and children, but not just that, caregivers as well. We often, like, we don't speak about the role that caregivers play in children's lives, just the other people, you know, grandparents and Mm -hmm. um, babysitters and, you know, just everybody who plays a part. Yeah, so daycare providers, everyone who coaches, there's so many mentors in children's lives. And And we often don't think about them. And in the group, in the group that, you know, that that you're in, everybody's watching this live in right now. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Um, You know, there are so many, they're not just parents in the group. There's so many people that play a part in really building up, you know, children. And that's an awesome thing. It truly does take a village. (laughs) Right. It so does. So what was the process like for the illustrations? Because it just seems like you and the illustrator were just so in tune with each other in putting this book together. I, it's kind of funny. What I do is I make like a a chart and and I pin the text up beside where where I want the illustrations. And um, I talk, I give the characters names. So I have the book here. This is actually James. And then Sophie here is from The Power and Me. Um, and I'll say, okay, I want James to look really upset. Um, I could be at a sporting event, but you're 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 the artist. You know what you know. Whatever you want to do, and I, I put these little notes, but I always say like, it's up to you. You're the one who truly knows art. Um, this is just my vision. And Michelle will write back, okay, I was actually thinking this, or I think that's a great idea. And we just seem to um, connect on in that way where she 
she can understand what I mean with very few words sometimes too. Since we've worked together two times now, I think uh, I think we really had that good working relationship, and um, and I think she uh, like you know add her own little style to things. Like I know um, in the picture where Sophie is doing art and the other kids are looking at it and thinking of kind things to say, I could tell she had fun with that and added the little cats on the easel and things like that for her own personal effect. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed seeing what she came up with. She would send me rough sketches and I'm pretty quick to approve. I'm like, yeah, I am. You know, I get really excited. (laughs) Then I'll look back and be like, oh, wait, wait. Sorry, I was so excited. I said, yes, but actually, could you change this one thing? I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just when you're excited sometimes, you're like, yeah, move ahead. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I can tell. I really enjoyed the illustrations and I like to see the characters carry over from the power in me to the power in words. It was good. Kids like to see familiar characters, you know? So I think that that's a really good thing. So you, I saw the interview that you did um, in Behind the Books, right? And you mentioned that one of your favorite precepts from the book is, and I'm mentioning this because it was also mine, when in doubt, words of love are the best ones to mention. And I just love that. I love this so much. I had to put it on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Because I thought that it was just so good. Um, And I think that it's something that I'm going to be saying over and over again to Aiden, you know, as he's grown up, like when in doubt, words of love are just the best ones to mention. What was your creative process like in writing a book, developing it, thinking about the different scenarios and the words that you were going to use? I actually think I came up with that line first, which is funny because it's the last line in the book. And this is funny, but. I actually spoke the rhymes out um, and recorded myself while using Bluetooth, but driving to work a few mornings. So I used to work um, a little bit further away from where I live now. And I had to get up very early since it was high school. And I would have these beautiful mornings with the sun coming up and it's just very peaceful, um, driving out towards farms and things would just appear in my head sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down, but I can't write since I'm driving. And I'm like, well, I wonder if I should start voice recording here and there. And I would speak my thoughts out. And it it, it works for me. I mean, I have a shorter, shorter commute now, and I haven't done that since. But mm-hmm. with this book, I remember um, thinking about, all right, what am I, what do I want to say about words? And what are the different situations where you have to be mindful of the words you use? Mm-hmm. So with each little scenario, I just kind of spoke out a few rhymes. And of course, it changed so much over time. but. Yeah, that's my method for this one. <laughs> I think that that's I love that you you spoke it out to yourself first, because as, as parents reading the books, when the words flow, it just makes it a much better experience. I mean, of course, you have beautiful books that are not written in rhyme and, you know, but I think, you know, when it flows, it's just in uh, a previous podcast we did, the author mentioned that, you know, when it flows, it just flows and it's good. <laughs> and so reading your I, book, I got that feeling I agree sometimes it's so hard because you want to use a certain word and it just doesn't work with a meter at oh my goodness it can be so frustrating and there's always a way to make it work but you have to restructure and oh pull out that rhyming dictionary and look a bunch of times until you have it just right and then have someone edit it and then you have to change it again so (laughs) 
It's a lot to think about. So much to think about. Mm -hmm. So how long does the process take, uh, you know, to like write the book, all the illustrations? When did you start? I want to say that, well, I always have like half booked everywhere. So this was like something I spoke out loud a couple of years ago in the car. And then it sat in Google Drive. It just kind of sits there. I have a couple others that are also sitting there. And then when I feel like, all right, I'm going to work on something new. I That's when I start the editing and editing and editing process. So I okay. think this started in April. And okay. got, it, got it all polished up. Great. Um, around June, July. But you always have to wait for the right illustrator to be available. And I, I talked to Michelle ahead of time. And um, at first, she was like, well, maybe July, maybe August. And I kind of got pushed back because she, she's, she's good. So she's busy. Um, yeah. So I think she started end of August with the illustrations and then carried over to October. So that was a long answer. The short answer would be from April to October. So. <laughs> And then it came out in November because there's still book design and all the promoting and trying <laughs> all the fun stuff that you get to do. So, yeah. um, so more than half a year was that eight months, nine months? Yeah, like a baby, exactly. like, like a baby, about nine months, right? Yeah. So I saw, you know, on some of the things I, I saw online, you know you mentioned that this book is a resource and I love that you use that. I mentioned that before. What was, how did you intend, so I'm a parent, I go to the store and I buy this book. How did you intend for me to use this book with my child? I expect parents to maybe just do a first, very um, very general reading, look at the picture, see what your child naturally wants to talk about first. Mm -hmm. Um, What do they notice? I mean, it might depend on their age, um, but just really a very organic, natural read. Mm-hmm. But it's it's meant to be read more than once for sure. Um, yeah. I think there's there's different things to pick up, and um, I do have questions in the back for little discussion starters. I, yeah. I called it child caregiver because you never know who's taking care of a child if they live with their grandparents, their aunts, if they're in foster care and they don't want to say mom and dad. So I just put mm-hmm. caregiver. But there are discussion guides at the end. But I would, um, you know, I prefer a very organic read first. And then see where your um, your discussion leads you. And then as a parent, some of the things that maybe are most important to you to talk about if your child doesn't naturally go there, maybe you talk about, well, what about the part where they're gossiping? Um, you know what gossip is? Do you know what, what that word means? Do you, mm-hmm. Have you gossiped? I know I have gossiped. And, and talk to them about real life situations where, gossip that has maybe impacted you. So I think the second, the third read, you can really stop and talk about each situation together and and um, talk about how your words impact others and how others' words have impacted you before. Because mm-hmm. I know I could share a lot with Sloan. She's, she's only three, so she's probably not ready to hear all my stories, but... But you're, you know, you're an elementary school librarian. So have you read this book to your students? I haven't yet. No? Um, I want to read it face-to-face with them. I want to see their reactions and talk about mm-hmm. it with them. And it's, I, I want to read it to them. We just had a virtual. And 
yeah, the book came out after we went back to virtual again. So I haven't oh, had that opportunity, but next week I might be able to read it to them. Um, yeah. One student already shared it with his class, but I don't know if he read it or just showed. I have, his mom sent me a picture of him holding it up in a Zoom. So I'm hoping that they don't mind hearing it again, which I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll humor me even if they even if they've heard it once. Kids like to hear the same book over, you know, over and over again. And this is a great book for them to be able to do that. This is the way it's written. I can see me with Aiden um, reading this book again and just asking him just very open-ended questions about the illustrations themselves, you know? Yeah. And like you said, asking him what he thinks, what he sees. Has he ever felt that way? Have you ever seen a friend, you know, feel that way? What would you do in that situation? Um, and then reading the actual words to him and asking more questions yeah. <laughs> just to make sure he understands. I really, really enjoyed um, reading the book and am excited to use all the resources as well that um, that comes with it. I noticed on your site that you have like ebooks and activities for parents as well. Yes, every time I make something for myself at home, um, well, why not share it? You know, it, you never know who else might want it. So mm -hmm. my my daughter is, um, she's very determined, but when something doesn't come easy for her, it's, I can't. And <laughs> it's, um, you know, she uh, she gets a little dramatic. That's her personality. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. But um, <laughs> so I kind of, I'm looking at her, you know, and she's trying to put her pants on and she's having trouble or trying to put her shoes on. So I've been telling her, like, you need to say, I can and I will. So I made a cute little poster for her. We just made this playroom for her. I was like, well, I'm going to make a cute little poster to hang up and it's going to say, I can and I will. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, my daughter's not the only one that needs that message. So I'll, I'll put it on my website for free and you yeah. never know if someone else wants it or, um, I made little posters of the breathing exercises from the power of me so I could hang them in my little quiet corner of the library when students need a little, a little break, a little brain break, or they need to calm down. And I'm like, well, I'm sure other people could use this as well. So I always try to, to um, share what I've created because I know I'm, I'm not the only parent who has, or the only teacher who has the same barriers to success. Yes. Thank you for that. So um, guys, I put Megan's website um, up on the screen. That's where you can go to check out all the resources that she has, as well as the books as well. I know, um, tell us about where your books are. I know they're on Bookshop, Amazon. Barnes and Noble. Um, and I think that's it right now. I try to check to see, oh, have they gotten to Target or Walmart? I haven't checked in a while. Okay. Um, I do try to encourage Bookshop a lot because I love that they support indie bookstores and they're just, they're doing some wonderful things and there's bookshop us and uk now so yes we, bookshop. we create lists there and now that i know that you know your book is there we'll add it to our list we love Thank it you. um bookshop i feel like you know people are starting to pick up on you know bookshop everybody wants like quick fast amazon amazon mm -hmm. <laughs> it's easier for people but i can't wait until bookshop just becomes the source because we love yes. it well, they're mm -hmm. doing really well. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, yeah, what happens in the future with them. Yes, yes. I so agree with that. So um, your book right now on Amazon, um, on Kindle. 
Oh, it's free it's right free. now. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. So yes, it is yeah. free on Kindle right now. Um, I like to think of it as a, you know, whether you're a teacher and you want to use it virtual, well, there you go. You have a digital copy of it. Or if you're a parent and you're not sure if you want to buy it, you can test it out ahead of time. I know I always like to browse books and, and decide which ones I'm, I really want to commit to having in my home library and which ones will I read again and again. So I think it's important to have free Kindle days here and there. And I'm having one now. Megan's very powerful book, uh, for lack of another word, The Power in Words. Um, this is a book, like all the books that we mentioned on this podcast, that can be used as a tool in your home. It is a great resource in the classrooms and, you know, school libraries to really get into, I'll say, the nitty gritty of how our words can impact other people. But Megan, thank you so much. I really think that um, you guys go and grab this book on Kindle it'll really be just a great way to lead us into 2021. Is there anything else on your heart to share about your book? Um, I did want to share, there's one page that I think some people may not always think elementary students need to have a conversation about um, the -hmm. words that they use online, but they are, they're playing Roblox, they're doing Minecraft games, there's chat in a lot of those programs. And um, I think we might, as a as a whole, as a community, need to address being unkind online sooner before high school, middle school and high school happens. And before we say, here, have a phone and then have it in your bed at night, or bedroom at night, not bed at night, bedroom at night. And um, a lot of mean stuff that happens um, virtually like that. And I think that it's a conversation that really needs to happen at home and consistently happen at home before anything happens. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And um, that's so good because and we want to start that conversation early so that if they do see something unkind, you know, online, they feel comfortable coming to us and telling us that. Um, yes. And having conversations early increases the comfort level that they have to talk to us. Because if, sometimes, you know, they might hear something unkind and they just, you know, might X off and go to another video. And that's great. But we want to know what that is so that we can help to kind of control the content that they're seeing. Right. And help, and help them process it because it might come, come up later, you know. I think yes. it's really important. So Exactly. I had, exactly. To, I had to include that little section. It's probably the librarian in me because I do teach digital citizenship. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, we appreciate that. Okay, let me see if there's any questions um, over here in the comments. Oh, people are loving the illustrations. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. Can, can you show us the cover one more time? Sure. It's such a beautiful book. Thank you. I love, um, she did a great job with the use of color in this book. There's one more. Ah, the spread here. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I have to <laughs> reverse it. No, it looks this. good. You guys Michelle can see is, it okay, right? Michelle is fantastic. She is. You know that one um, scene in the scenario in the book when the boy is standing in front of the mirror and he has um, like enveloped around him just the way the words are making him, yes. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> I just love the, the self love there, though. 
this was her idea. I was like, how can we convey that, you know, the words are making him, you know, she, she came up with all this. I was like, how can we show this in a book? And she was fantastic about that. That's awesome. Um, I actually have some of her art in my daughter's room because she oh, has cool. She has an Etsy shop and I, I, you know, was peeking in there. I'm like, you know what? I want to support her this way. And my daughter loves it. So. Well, I'm going to have to share the the name of the um, illustrator in the group because I don't think I have it listed. Um, okay. Now that we know. So somebody said um, they just love it. Very empowering words. Thank you. Oh. More more people loving the illustrations. Um, and somebody said they're glad you mentioned the online bullying um, mm-hmm. and the, the unkind words they could see. The unkind words online because um, it's just so sad. The things that kids experience that we didn't have to go through 15 years ago. Thank goodness, but mm-hmm. we have to we have to support them through it. So yes, yes. Even if even if we can't relate, it's still it's our job to make sure they know what to do. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for joining us. I really You're appreciate welcome. you. Thank you all for watching. Um, everybody, have a great night. <laughs> thank you so much, Megan. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. And how could I forget, as Aiden would say, who's not here right now, keep reading and I'll catch you on the flip side.